Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. I'm Rebecca Lawrence and this is Voices. In this set of interviews, I will be focusing on issues of inclusion, diversity and allyship through intimate conversations with wine industry professionals from all over the globe. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps us cover equipment, production and publication costs. And remember to subscribe and rate our show wherever you tune in. This episode is proudly sponsored by Vivino, the world's largest online wine marketplace. The Vivino app makes it easy to choose wine. Enjoy expert team support, door-to-door delivery, and honest wine reviews to help you choose the perfect wine for every occasion. Vivino, download the app on Apple or Android and discover an easier way to choose wine. the Italian Wine Podcast. This is the Voices series with me, Rebecca Lawrence. This week, I'm excited to welcome back Rebecca Sievers. Those of you who are veteran listeners to the podcast will know that Rebecca joined Monty for a conversation in December, but we wanted to catch up with her again as she's just been here in Verona and I'm a little bit selfish and wanted to have her to myself. So welcome back, Rebecca. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So for those listeners who haven't listened to your conversation with Monty, uh, and I advise all our listeners to go do that after they've finished listening to this, maybe you could give us a recap as to who you are, where you're from, and what you do. Yes, I'm Rebecca Sievers. I live in Memphis, Tennessee, where my husband and I have owned and operated an Italian wine restaurant. It's called Bari, Ristorante in Enoteca. My husband's family is from, from Capurso, which is a tiny little town just outside of Bari. So um, we have been in business for, it will be 19 years um, in November. We were babies when we opened. <laughs> so while the food is predominantly food from southeastern Italy, it's you know a lot of vegetables, which we get from local farmers, um, a lot of seafood. But we also have this amazing Italian wine list. So I think we're the only, pretty sure we're the only restaurant in Memphis that has an all Italian wine list. So I've tried to represent Italy well by having at least one or, you know, a few wines from each region, which is sometimes challenging, but I like the challenge. So we also have a cheese menu, which most people come in like a cheese menu. What? So we have um, also Italian cheeses from all over Italy. So typically we have about 50 cheeses, which makes it fun, you know, for wine and cheese pairings and big antipasti plate. So that that's what we do. I'm just like, I'm gobsmacked. That's like, that's amazing. Yes. Which we do. Sometimes we have a, it's the, we do the entire cheese tasting. And so it's a little, it's just about an ounce of each cheese, but we'll put it on this giant platter. We'll label it for you. So, you know, we've had two people do it, but usually six to eight people is good and come in and just eat all the cheese. It's fun. Oh, I want to be there right now. (laughs) Cheese is one of my very favorite things. And I just can't imagine having 50 different Italian cheeses just in one place. Yes, it's fun. It is awesome. So it's Speaking of someone, as you said, you love challenges. We met in New York when you took the VIA course in New York. uh, And I was very excited to see you return to the challenge again in Verona. I wondered if I could ask, because you're someone who's one of those rare cases where you've experienced VIA 
outside of its flagship edition, but also in Verona for the flagship. So I wanted to pick your brains about how things were maybe different this time around, your different experiences of both courses. Yes, they were they were very different um, <laughs> from each other. I think you know I was I was really overwhelmed in in New York. I was you know happy to be there and I was up for the challenge, but I was I was really overwhelmed. The days you know they're really long classes and it's a lot a lot on your mind. We tasted a lot of wines. You know I was I did I did love it, but it was just a little overwhelming for me. So. Obviously, I did not pass the exam, but I walked away knowing more than I did when I got there and also knew what I needed to work on and what I needed to learn. And I was thrilled. (laughs) I'd never been to Verona before. I had such an amazing time and such an amazing experience. I went in, I think, with a little more confidence, just knowing what the what it would be like, the course that is. But um there were a couple of people that were also there in New York, so I would recognize them. And I just instantly made friends with so many people. So it was really, really, really just a great experience. And Verona's gorgeous. The, the little bit that I got to see at, at night, I loved it. It's, I love the program. I think you're right about the people as well. It's so much about the community and bringing those people together, those opportunities to stateside meet people from all over the states but when you come to Verona you're meeting people from all over the world for sure for me uh, in New York I just I'm kind of I'm very shy (laughs) and I was you take me out of my element and I just you know I was shy so I you know in in New York being overwhelmed with all the information and having sort of anxiety about being in this group of people that I didn't know it was a little challenging for me but I definitely did not have any of that anxiety in Verona. I definitely just felt more confident and more comfortable. And yes, instantly made some great friends. I like the way that the Verona course really just brings everyone together as a family. And for some reason, because I've done it in Verona and I've also done it stateside myself because I didn't pass in Verona. I passed in the States, oddly enough. But it just there is something so homey about Verona and about the vibe here. It really is a kind of big family group hug of a week, even though, like you say, the days are really long here too. There's a lot of tasting, there's a lot to take in. You guys had such intense days of tasting that I think it really helps to have those people around you just kind of giving, giving you some backup. Yes, absolutely. It was it was wonderful. I'm very happy I did it. <laughs> we we were very excited. I, I have a, such a fondness for the New York course because so many of you guys just, and I've spoken about this on another episode with, with Jodie Hellman, you guys just welcomed me in and it was so wonderful and it was really nice to experience that. So seeing you guys here in kind of my home <laughs> just warmed, warmed my heart. Yeah. It was very welcoming. So speaking about home, actually, one of the things I thought it was great that you talked a little bit about in your discussion with Monty is that although Bari obviously came from this desire to recreate the dishes from your husband's family, originate in the South, obviously you you do have a list that reflects all the regions or at least tries to. 
how have you managed to do that kind of sourcing? Is this something that's still a challenge in Memphis? You know, even kind of now 19 years down the line, how do you find, how do you find your wines? Um, it's definitely gotten easier, especially over the last couple of years. But in the beginning, it was very difficult and my list was much smaller. I did try to have as many Julian wines as possible back then, which weren't, there wasn't a lot of options, but I did manage to find, and the, one of the wines that I had when we first opened and we had for many, many years after was the um, Neonati Castris Salice Salentino. And I, it was the 90, it was a 97 vintage <laughs> and it was like $6 my cost. But I sold that by the glass, you know, nobody, which a lot of people still don't know what Salice Salentino is, but that was, has been one of my favorites forever. So we were, we were lucky to get that, you know, primitivos here and there. But now for me, for finding the wines, it's a matter of working with my local distributors and then talking to them and then them seeking out, you know, the wines that I want to bring in. But yeah, now it's it is a lot easier. There are a lot of lot of new importers that are focusing more on Italian wines, which is good good for good for me. <laughs> but yeah, I do try to to represent Italy. That's kind of my goal is to have at least one wine from every region. And is there something specifically you look for when choosing a wine specifically to go with your dishes? Are, are you looking for the flavor profile, I'm assuming obviously cost is going to have something to do with it. But do you have a methodology for which of the wines from a region you're going to choose? Because obviously some regions, I'm imagining you have quite a lot of choice. Do you have a personal philosophy when it comes down to like actually choosing what makes it on your list? Well, ultimately, <laughs> I, have to, <laughs> I have to like it. I don't know. Yeah, it's t- sometimes it's tough for me because let's take... Piedmont, for example, <laughs> there are so many different, you know, even just with, with um, Nebbiolo, so many different types or styles of wines. And I, you know, I happen to love Nebbiolo. So I have way more Barolos than I should on my list. You know, Gattinara is one wine that I really love to hand sell to some of our regulars. We have our nace. We've had We've had our nace by the glass for probably 12 years now. It's never gone out of style. We sell a lot of that. But sometimes there's just something very specific that I want to bring in because nobody else, you know, it's not in Memphis and I want it to be here. So sometimes I consider what our customers want, you know, what's good for a bar situation. But that's the fun thing about Italian wine is it's all very food friendly. Like I said, we've got a lot of seafood. So, you know, any of most of the whites will go with, with that, but that's the fun. That's the fun part is uh, helping the, helping the customer find the right bottle of wine or glass of wine that they want to drink there in the moment. So I used to love that about working in service choosing something maybe a little bit unusual something someone hasn't heard of and then seeing them enjoy it and realizing that maybe you've got a fan of this wine now that they 
they're experiencing something for the first time and growing to love it with every sip. I love that aspect. Yes, me too. I love it too. (laughs) It makes me smile. And And it's an energy, I think, as well. Like it gives you, you know, hospitality service is long, hard work. So those little snippets of of seeing a customer's or a client's face light up when they try something is just... Yeah, it's just like it's pure joy in the moment and it's nice. (laughs) So I have to ask, because obviously you have this extensive list that you work very hard on, but do you have a favorite, uh, either maybe on your list or perhaps something that isn't yet on your list that maybe you'd like to feature? It's hard to choose if I had to just choose one wine. I don't know. (laughs) It's the worst question for Italians as well, because there's so many. I, you know, I admit, I really love Salice Salentinos. I really do. Lately, we've been drinking a lot of Susa Maniello, and I've gotten a lot of people hooked on that. So I have been drinking a lot of Susa Maniello. I really do like, I like the, some of the, I like Puglian wines. I like that they're a little more, you know, jammy and some of them could be earthy, but they're just like so concentrated, but they're not, it's not like overly tannic or it's just a whole lot of flavor. Primitivo di Mandorias, some of those are really beautiful. So I do enjoy those. And I, I, I it's, you know, summertime. I like sparkling wine. I'm really into those uh, zero dosage sparklings. That's a style that Italy has really run with recently and I think is beginning to show the true quality of the possibility of zero dosage here. Yes. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. So sparkling wine, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Nebbi, you, I could say Nebbiolo, but then that goes into, I should, I don't know. <laughs> There's too many. There are too many, yes. As someone sort of returning to this idea of service, obviously you started out a long time ago, uh, basically doing doing this yourself. But since then, you've had to spend, I imagine, a lot of time training staff on your floor how to present Italian wine. Particularly, I imagine, in the beginning when maybe there wasn't, you know, restaurants with lists like yours that were purely Italian focused. Maybe there weren't as many places to experience Italian wine. Are there tips and tricks that you give your staff to help promote wines especially in a restaurant context where you obviously you've got the food there but wine is a big focus of what you're doing you know training is very important and even with my bartenders too that while they have the experience of cocktail making and mostly you know every bartender and server that I hire has experience in restaurants but they do not have the Italian wine knowledge but that's also another fun part (laughs) my job because I get to train them. So we have basically, you know, I will sit down with them one-on-one and we will talk about the wines. I show them the bottles so that they know the labels. I'll let them taste the wines. They take their own notes. They take my notes. But ultimately, I do tell them, if you're not certain about a specific wine, if somebody asks you about it, just come and get me. I don't want them to not know and to go, oh yeah, this one's big and bold. You're going to love it. And then it's not, it's really light. And I want the people to have a great experience and to be able to trust the server so that they will come back and come back and come back. So that is one thing that I just, that we, we kind of have a really great um, relationship with, and the servers do, they try, you know, they have their own favorites usually after you taste all of them. And 
but they'll still come and have questions. Hey, this person, they want something that's, you know, really light and floral, but not too light, blah, blah, blah. They're getting this salad. What do you think? And, you know, if I say a vermentino, they're like, that's what I was thinking. Great. There's, yes, there's a lot of back and forth with questions because we do want the customer to enjoy what they're having. Yeah. Because you want them exactly to have that full experience and then be able to return and know that they're always going to get the right wine for what they want. Yes. So we do. It's great when you get that. You're like, oh, I came in the last time and you recommended this wine and then they want to try another. You know, some people just stick with, (laughs) they just drink the same bottle every time that they come in. We've got a lot of regulars that come in and just instantly, well, a few that just want me to pick which is fun because I know if they're coming in, I get to pick something out for them. And sometimes people say, do you have anything new? And if I grin really big, I'm like, yes, you know, hold on just a second. I've got something for you. It is really fun. And I, I do love turning people on to Italian wine. I don't think that they can get that experience anywhere else in in Memphis. So it is, it, it's fun. You know, the local, a couple of the local retail shops have had to expand their Italian portfolio because they have customers calling and saying, Hey, I got this wine at Bari, you know, can you, can you get it? And so they definitely have expanded their Italian shelves. That is incredibly cool. (laughs) You're just having this lovely little ripple effect across Memphis. I just, I have this image in my head of this little network of people talking about the Italian wines they've had from you and the knock on into the industry. Absolutely. I've, yes, we've, I've had um, some of our longtime regulars, they've gone and visited a lot, some of the wineries there, like um, Nino Negri, because we saw the Inferno by the glass. And uh, yeah, it's, it's it's incredible. That's just another, you know, like, yes, you're going to Italy. Let me, you know, send me your dates. Let me know where you're going. I'll, you know, suggest some places for you to go. Here was I thinking your network was Memphis. It's actually global. You're just, <laughs> you're this secret influence that's sending people to Italy to enjoy the wines. A true ambassador. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So this is the Voices series, and we do like to touch on topics of inclusion and diversity where we can. And I've certainly faced a lot of challenges and I've already spoken in episodes about facing challenges as as a woman in the industry. I wondered, because you've been in the game for a long time now, I'm sorry, you have, 19 years is incredible. That's a huge success. But I wondered if you faced challenges being as kind of leading woman in the restaurant industry, particularly maybe when you were starting out, and, and is it something you still see or have you seen a change? Because certainly when I was starting out, things were very different. Yes, I absolutely. Yes. Starting out, it was frustrating. <laughs> most of the wine representatives were males and most of them would continuously try to have a conversation with my husband about the wine. And he would say, that's her. You know, I don't, that's not my thing. Talk to her about it. Talk to her about it. And that happened for years. And, and also the bar, you know, having a, we have some female bartenders now, but if there's a male bartender and there is a representative, they always <laughs> will just focus straight, you know, at the bartender, look him in the eye, talk to him and just kind of ignore me. And, you know, time and time again, they'll say, talk to Rebecca, 
you know, talk to Rebecca. She's the wine buyer. She's the owner. Uh, so yes, there it's, there have definitely been some challenges. It is a lot easier now and I am seeing a lot more females and younger females, which I think is great in the distribution side of it. Then even in other restaurants around town, just managing and wine buying. So it is a lot easier now. And I think if it's just because it's 2021, or I, I think honestly, it's just because like you've said, I've been around for 19 years. So now there, I do see a level of respect towards me with, with wine buying. I mean, it's about time. <laughs> yes. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I think it's also must be really important for your community to have seen you stay and be a buyer and be so influential and have such a successful list because that does demonstrate that it's possible to do that as a woman and to be taken seriously and be respected and I think it's so important for other people in the industry to see positive role models that look like them. Yes absolutely. And I think that's one of the great advantages that, you know, it's another side of things that you're giving back to your industry is, is being this positive role model. And hopefully some of the people coming up have seen that and go, okay, I know that I can do that one day. Yeah, I hope so. So finally, I have to ask before we wrap up, as I do with many of my guests, what's next for you on your Italian wine journey? Is it is it adding more cheeses to the list? Is it more wines, more more trips? Instantly, my my first answer to that question is uh, my husband and I are trying to come back in the fall to Italy <laughs> because when I went to Verona, like I said, the days were very long with learning, and I only had a little bit of time at night to go out and have dinner. But and I was so jealous of all of these other people that stayed for a week or even days later, and they were there. Everybody was in wineries the next day. And I was on a flight back, <laughs> but it's fine. Cause my husband and I, we, we definitely are, we're going to plan a trip in the fall and we're going to go visit some wineries that we haven't been to. Yeah. So with that, we are going back to Italy. We actually just signed a, a 10 year lease at a new space. Wow. It's down the street from our old location. It's on the same side of the street, so just like two blocks down. But it's a little <laughs> a little more square footage inside. We will have outdoor seating. We will have a our own parking lot. Yes, it's a better long term, it's a better situation for us um, with our new landlords. So it is under construction right now. That's yeah, we're hoping that we'll be able to get in and get it open in the next couple of weeks. And having not worked, yeah. So we, we are ready to get back to work and I'm going to sell as much Italian wine and cheese as possible. <laughs> That's incredibly exciting. Congratulations. I can't wait to see pictures of the space and what you're doing with it. And, and on that note, Rebecca, thank you so much for joining me on the Italian Wine Podcast. Tell our listeners where they can find you and Barry online and on social media. Uh, it is BariMemphis.com is our website, and we are on all of the social media. It's Bari Ristorante Enoteca. Guys, go check it out. If you're in Memphis, please go. Eat the cheese, drink the wine, do it for me. <laughs> uh, thank you again, Rebecca. Uh, I hope to see you in, in Italy in the fall, if possible. If not, enjoy your wines. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to follow us on social media, subscribe, and of course, donate on the website to make sure we can keep these great conversations flowing. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin. everybody italian wine podcast celebrates its fourth anniversary this year and we all love the great content they put out every day chin chin with italian wine people has become a big part of our day and the team in verona needs to feel our love producing the show is not easy folks hurting all those hosts getting the interviews dropping the clubhouse recordings not to mention editing all the material let's give them a tangible fan hug with a contribution to all their costs head to italianwinepodcast.com and click donate to show your love